Hello and welcome back to the We Are One podcast. And we are back again with uh, Dawn Armstead. And uh, um, yeah, um, it's an opportunity for Dawn to talk about surviving 2020 and what that uh, felt for her. So welcome, Dawn. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. Um, No, I'm good. I'm in a lot better place than where I was. And uh, the reason that I think um, I've chosen like surviving 2020 is because it is a time that we are now all kind of like being rebirthed out of and people are starting to talk more freely now about the time period and certain things that kind of like went on or didn't go on and just seemed a bit odd for us all in some way. So in 2020, I was working as a health and social care worker in a nursing home and I love my job. I love being a carer. It's almost like the service that you give to the world, you know what I mean? And and I do believe that caring and empathetic qualities go hand in hand and so does instincts within a way. We work on our instincts very much about what people need, how we can feel how we feel. Um, For me, it was a job and a career I loved. And then suddenly everything just went bang, lockdown. You know, it was crazy. It was just kind of like we were thrown. I felt like I was almost living in a film at some point. You know, walking backwards and forwards to work and the roads being completely empty. Eerie. The silence. Yeah, it was just freaky. It was so kind of like and almost the stillness and the eeriness at times. I was like expecting someone to jump out at a certain point. Sometimes I enjoyed it, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I find it quite peaceful to be fair, yeah. Yeah. A lot of the time. It was and and you know, lockdown did one of two things. It made people very fit and healthy and you know, everybody, you know, they were doing running and other people, it actually destroyed the health. It destroyed the families. It destroyed their immunity and everything. So there's a big thing. I I do feel that that balance, you know, it it was so out of balance. Do you know what I mean? For, you you know, how it did. So for me, I became uh, very poorly. Um, I was fit and healthy before then. Um, On my hour shift, we were working extremely long, 12 hours back to back. And I'm talking, you know, you don't have a day off for a few weeks. It was just absolutely crazy. The care changed completely with the, you know, the patients we were looking after. It became very difficult, especially when you were trying to isolate people with dementia and Parkinson's who had no understanding. Yeah. Having to suddenly sit sit them one seat apart from each other, you know what I mean? Yeah. Window visits were just like horrific. It was just um, the things, and we kept them going. But then the newspapers and the TVs, and it's like, can we please turn the telly off? We need more activities. Can we please get rid of the newspapers? You know, it was just destroying everything. And, and looking how poorly and frail they all became very quickly. It was just so oh, yeah, because they're not engaging in anything, but no. literally negative toxic. Yeah, yeah. So, I remember the day when the news, yeah, when the newspapers came in, and it was that one all about the care homes. Oh. My gosh, you've never seen the anxiety levels go so high, you know, all of them wondering if this this virus was going to be uncloaked in the home and one of them was going to be taken or one of them wasn't going to wake up the next day because of this virus and worrying about staff coming in and out and, you know, everything. It was just horrendous. It was the the policies and and procedures that got put in place were just horrific. So for me, yeah, I lost my home. I lost my partner. uh, I lost another home, uh, you know, left work because I became so unwell. Uh, that that was that was a choice that I'd made, but I'd already decided that I would have had to leave anyway, because of how poorly I had become. You know that that was like, and I do believe that that has a lot to do with excessive testing. We were guinea pigs. We were definitely guinea pigs for them, and I was just being duty bound and doing my job. So I feel that. Yeah. But things 
didn't sit well with me. So I did go out marching, right or wrongly. You know, people were saying I put people's lives at risk. I don't believe I did. Okay, I believe that I was, you know, what a shame. What, what, you know, I'm fighting for the rights that you don't even know that they're being taken away from. You know, and it yeah. became something so passionate in me and the injustice that I could start feeling. I was just like, wow, how can they do this? They are just treating us like our lives mean nothing. And that's when I really, really understood we are nothing but can, cannon fodder for the elite. You know what I mean? It's just like I felt like I was in a big game or a film or something, but we just had no control over the outcome. But then I realised that's what they want. They wanted to take away our personal power and our choices. And I was like, no, I do have these choices and I am not putting that mask on and I will not stick that test up my nose and I am not doing this. And I walked out of shops, you know, where they had you on them blooming things where you had to stand with them stickers on the floors it was just oh, like just, crazy yeah. and I, <laughs> so, I remember you know I've got so many dirty looks because I didn't have a mask on all I wanted yeah. was like you know some sausages for a barbecue you know outside in the garden and I, I just literally put the sausages on the spot and ran out I was just like I can't do this it's like yeah almost like swimming through soup or being awake in a group of people who've died already and they can't see, they can't see beyond that mask on the nose. You know, it was, it was horrific. So um, I decided to deal with that by writing poetry because I always write poetry. And I know we did a bit of one about writing and poetry. No, I So, um, and being a health and social care worker, I've worked in many fields, children's, residentials, run domiciliary care, you know, managed great big packages of care and hours and dedicated my life so many times. And it was really hard. So at the end, like I said, I was in a nursing home. So this one's actually called The Last Time. So this is a poem you wrote? Yeah. And it was written the morning of me leaving the, uh, the home. Right. That's fair. So, The Last Time. Tonight was the last time I walked into the home. Our place of safety, our bubble, our dome. Tonight was the last time I hung up my coat. My heart beating fast, a lump in my throat. Tonight was the last handover I would receive. And tomorrow my last handover before I would leave. Tonight was the last time I saw you confused. I diverted you, cared for you, and I kept you amused. Tonight was the last time I made you laugh, but now there's a new beginning, a new journey, a new path. Tonight was the last time I put you to bed. I tucked you in safely and I gave you your meds. Tonight was the last time I walked all the floors, monitoring you closely and quietly shutting the doors. And tonight was the last care notes I would write, detailing everything that happened that night. This morning was the last time I did your personal care. I helped you brush your teeth and I helped you comb your hair. This morning was the last time I helped you to eat. I tidied your room and I straightened your sheet. This morning was the last time I looked in your eyes. The last time I had to say my silent goodbyes. This morning was the last time I left the team with my heart. I left the home the last time to depart. Today is a new day that a journey begins because reflection is a process of looking within. Amazing. Lovely. Thank you. Oh, Thank good. you. It was kind of, uh, it, um, it didn't take me very long at all. You know, <clears throat> like when I do write, it can, it, it, it just kind of flows. And that was, a, that was like the sadness of me. And then I started getting angry because obviously I'd been on the marches yeah. and I was believing that I was standing up for the, for the rights of people and everything. And I was, you know, I jumped down a couple of rabbit holes. I think everybody did, but I'm not, I don't want to say rabbit holes because I believe there is a truth that runs all the way through the deception. Okay, I think there is a big truth. So <clears throat> I wrote one called Coronavirus, the passing of the crown. Let's okay. say, let's say. Coronavirus, it's the passing of the crown. Boris is showing us he's a bumbling clown. Lockdown shutdowns, please wake up. 
or put your mask on and just shut the beep up. Closed eyes, closed doors, the blind are leading the way. It's depopulation and we'll all have to pay. Quickly, you quickly, you quarantined because the virus wasn't foreseen. Stay in your homes and you listen to the BBC and watch how they're going to crush the economy. Isolate you, alienate you, you're all alone when the rest of the world is run by clones. Puppets, puppets, they dance on their strings, the left, the right, one bird has two wings. It's Thursday night, so you can go out and clap. The key workers in the NHS will really appreciate that. You can go out for your hour's walk, but keep your mask on because we don't want you to talk. And love means no contact with your family. But this is about breaking your immunity. It's OK, don't worry, a vaccine's on its way. Depopulation is all I can say. So pull out your arm and take that prick. Support Bill Gates because he's going to make you sick. We all have choices and only you can decide. Is it time to stop this genocide? And how do I know that this is genocide? Because during this pandemic, I nearly died. And that's powerful, powerful yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, and it's all true. I can only write about truths, and I think that's what I like about poetry is that it allows you to be expressive in a way that is not confrontational. It no. comes from your own heart and sure, experience. Sure, your point of view, your your perspective, and from what you can see. Yeah, that's clear. Yeah, definitely. And it comes, yeah, like you say, comes from a place yeah. of uh, love and from your heart, doesn't it? Yeah, and when you do that, I did that. I did my poetry and then I'd started getting straight back into all my crystals and making things. And every day I was motivated to get up and make something. Then I approached shops in St Anne's and said, would you like to sell my wares? Could you sell my yes. wares, please? And the shops did. And then, uh, you know, as I'm getting better and my health was getting better because I was seriously poorly. And that is still a big, you know, what made me so ill. You know, I, I would just like to know a little bit more around that. And I think there is more to it. So, um, yes, I'm on my journey. I am I'm going through that rebirth tunnel without a doubt, but it, it's reintegrating. It's taken me to get my health back to reintegrate to the true person of who I am. So 2020 did me a favour in that it's given me myself back to me. Which well, is what I needed. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Oh, thank oh you. fantastic. Thank you very much. That's okay. And uh yeah, thank you very much for your time. I love that one. Very uh impacting and very powerful poems as well. That's thank uh, you. for any of the listeners out there. Um Dawn has some fantastic poems that she's written. She's a very, very good poet in my opinion, and uh has a lot of very powerful things to say. So yes, if you do um want to let's sort of listen or hear her content, um I'll let you explain, Don. You've got your heartsandbooks.com and yes. you've also got events as well, which we have mentioned on the, on other um podcasts, but it's always nice to to in case listeners miss that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, just so, remind yeah. them. Yeah, so basically we have a poetry night which runs twice a month on the first Tuesday, which is a themed night. Okay, and that's poetry. And we do kind of like sometimes get into the fun of it all and dress up maybe and things like that. And you know, we're getting all a bit more confident and we're kind of like performing our poetry now, if you will. And then on the third Tuesday of every month, two weeks later, we do have the open mic. So it's open mic, you know, um, you can sing a song, you can play guitar or you can just do poetry. And then we have the writers groups as well. But as, if you do go on to www.heartsandbooks.com, you will find at least seven or eight of the poets there from Urban Art Studio. You'll find all the videos, the links, all the themed nights, everything that we've done, photographs, you know. So, yeah. Or if you just want to go on Facebook and send us a request through come and join and be expressive that's it with fantastic your words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much Dawn. really appreciate that and uh, always lovely talking to you so um yeah thank Brilliant. you very much thank you thank you